Dear brothers, sisters, listeners, believers, knowledge seekers, God seekers, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome back to the Principles of Faith podcast. The fact that you're back hopefully means that you enjoyed or benefited from the first one and that you spent the last few days since you've last listened to it reflecting or pondering, thinking, and maybe seeing things in a slightly different light. And I really hope, inshallah, it's helped and these next upcoming sessions will also continue to help as well. So where did we get to last time? Last time we said, why do we think? We tried to answer this question, right? Why do we think and study in order to know and understand the creator of the universe? That moment that comes to all of us in our lives at some point, why does it come about? What is it, you know, why did our body, uh, what, why, you know, within us, why did we start to think about it? And we gave three examples as to why this comes up and what's within us that's innate within us all that makes us think about these concepts. The first example that we gave was the coma example, that within all of us, there's this love to be well informed and to understand the world and to understand why we're here, what's our purpose, what's our goal, what's happening next, how did I get here? The second example was the sense of gratitude and we gave the example of the banquet and the milad that you want to thank the host and to do that you want to identify who the host is and make sure you thank them in a way that they want to be thanked that is beneficial. And the third was the example of escaping that war-torn country of Afghanistan and in doing so when it's in such a difficult situation and we're having to go at such speed we need to analyse the situation that we're in different schools of thoughts, different opinions, and eventually make the best informed decision that we can. So, now we've realised and established that it's normal, completely normal, for us to ponder over these concepts. It's not just a coincidence, it's innate within us. The question that then arises is if it's worth it. You know, we get loads of thoughts in our lives, right? Loads. But is it worth pursuing every single one of them? And the question will directly here, is it worth pursuing this very concept, these very questions about why am I here? What's happening? Who's the creator of this? How can I thank them? What's the situation? Where am I trying to get to? How can I get there in the best way? Should I give any time or uh, energy to these thoughts? And to evaluate this, you know, we'd probably want to know, well, what value could come from understanding this creator that we keep questioning if it exists or this belief in God or if we call it theism what value actually comes of this if I do go and find out who the host is what value would come of that if I do try and figure out what my purpose is and why I'm here and how I got here what value comes from that so what value comes from believing in a God or what value comes from theism and Ayatollah Nasim Karma Shirazi he looks at and presents four impacts that this belief has on our lives. The first that we'll cover is the advancement of knowledge. The second is around endeavors and hopes. And the third uh, that will also kind of merge into the second is a peace of mind. And the fourth is a sense of responsibility and accountability. And we'll go through each of these, inshallah. So here we go. What's the impact of knowing God in our lives? Point one the advancement of knowledge. Now, that's a really random claim, right? How can we link this concept of believing in a God, theism, advancing knowledge? 
That's a big claim. So let's try and break this down. How does this all patch up? How is the value of thinking about God, believing in a God, going to advance knowledge? Let's take this example. Let's say that a friend, a close friend of yours, has brought to you a book. And he's come and he's like, hey, I've just traveled and I've brought you this book. I bought it whilst I was out there. It's as a gift to you. And he says, look, this book was written by an amazing, ingenious, all-knowing author, like an exceptional person. Anyone with a logical head would be all over it, right? You'd be analyzing every little detail, night and day. You wouldn't put it down. Every single letter would mean something. Every sentence would mean something. Every page would mean something. You know, you'd, you'd just be all over it. On the contrary, if it was an average author, like let's say I wrote the book, you really wouldn't be as bothered, right? Like, okay, cool, whatever, he's put a few things together. I'll skim it if you're lucky. But when he tells you, no, this is like the best of the best of the best of minds that I've ever come across and they've put pen to paper, you're going to want to analyze every single little detail. Now, the world of this existence is just like this huge book. Every word is like a particle within this universe. And every single particle is worth serious attention from us. It's not been put there by accident. It's not been created out of emotion. It's been created with absolute wisdom, with an exceptional author, or perhaps we can say a creator. You see, under the banner of theism, of this belief in God, a believer tries to delve into the detail, right? And as a result of his curiosity, and he becomes aware that this universe is the product of the Almighty, of this all-wise, infinitely wise Lord. That is the author in this situation. Therefore, every particle, every atom, we're interested. You know, it's funny, right? In science, I was rubbish at science, by the way. Like, the, yeah, there's a reason why I didn't do science in A-level or anything else. Like, I was really, really bad at it. But one thing I did learn was you kind of thought, you know, something small was small. And then someone said, oh, that's something small. It's made up this thing called like atoms. You know, oh, atoms. And then someone in the next year said, oh, there's a thing called molecules. Oh, molecules. And then, oh, did you know that these atoms and molecules are made up of stuff? And then that's made up of stuff and so on and so on and so on. And just as science continues to progress, we start to realize just how many tiny details there are in the most smallest things. And on the other hand, we see just how many more galaxies or stars or whatever exist in the um, in space and in the universe. And you're like, whoa, this is crazy. So much around us, so many words in this book, so many particles in this universe made by this incredible author, made by this almighty, all-wise Lord. I'm going to delve into every single detail of it. Now, how does that correlate to advancement of knowledge? Well, a materialist wouldn't feel the need for this profound study of the mysteries of the world. They'd just be like, you know what? This whole existence thing, that tiny particle through to that, uni that, through to that uh, new solar system that we discovered or whatever, is, you know, it's just down to some kind of unintelligent nature. It's just a coincidence of sorts, right? Whereas the believer is like, no, 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 no. That's not happened by chance. There's wisdom, therefore I want to know the wisdom. On the one hand, the materialist is just kind of giving up and saying, there's not really much more point, you know, let's just see what happens. On the other hand, 
a theist is active in that pursuit. Every tiny detail, they want to dig, 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 because they know that there's more behind it. And, you know, some scientists even believe that, you know, this concept of a god exists, but its name is nature. And just that this nature is extremely and coincidentally well-organized, you know, how convenient. So in summary of this first point, theism is a means for this enhancement of the sciences and human knowledge. We believe that there is a depth behind every single particle, and we want to understand this perfect creation. We want to know what this perfect author's been up to, how great that mind is. We'll never be able to understand it, of course, but we're going to die trying. That is how theism and this reflection of these things that come inside of us about contemplating on the world and our creator can correlate to the advancement of knowledge and there's value behind this theism. The second point, and I said we're going to link the second and the third together, on what the impact is of knowing God in our lives, theism in our lives. We said endeavours and hopes. I've kind of summarised it as, look, you're not alone. And this is a massive, massive topic. You know, we're confronted with worldly complexities all the time. I mean, I've got the BBC News app on my phone and every single time it goes off, there's yet another death, there's yet another murder, there's yet another COVID variant, you can probably imagine when I'm recording this. Or maybe it's an email that you've lost a job or it's a message saying that a family member's passed away. Maybe it's a message of a really close loved one saying that, you know, they want to cut ties with you. And sometimes you just feel alone, right? In those moments, there is this belief in God, this theism that we have. It just comes to our rescue. And it, you know, it enables us to just face our problems. Those who believe in God they don't see themselves as lonely and alone or helpless in those moments. They have something that no one can take away from them in that moment. And that is that belief in God. Because God's power and might is beyond every single obstacle. No hurdle exists for God, right? You could be in the toughest of the toughest of situations, and we'll mention this in the next session, but you could be in the worst of situations. And yes, you may not be able to do anything about it yourself, but at the end of the day, you have this belief that there's this all-wise, invincible, everlasting, all-powerful creator. That kun feyakun, be and it is, or just get it sorted, no hurdles exist. God steadily kindles this light of hope in the hearts of genuine believers. And as a result, the true believer never becomes hopeless or disappointed. And in that pursuit, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a line in Dua Arafat that I absolutely love by Imam Hussein alayhi salam. And to be honest, I won't be surprised if I mention this line like a hundred times, even other lines from Dua Arafat during the series, if Allah gives us the tawfiq. But if you want to understand Tawheed through the words of Imam Hussain this is one area that you can look into and just be fascinated by. So what does he come out with? Imam Hussain in this dua paints a picture for all of us when we feel alone but we dig deep 
when that tough bit of news comes in and we feel alone but we dig deep and we find something and when we find that thing the thing that we lost no longer matters in Arafah we say Mada wajadaman faqadak what has he who has lost you found and what has he who has found you lost? Wow! What a line! What has he who has lost you found? Like seriously, if you've ditched Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tell me, what is this new thing that you've got? Some money? 500k? Yeah, it'll be gone in a second. Or you got a new jumper? Yeah, it'll be gone in a second. Or you found a partner? Yeah, it'll be gone in a second. You gave up Allah for that? And on the other hand, and what has he who has found you lost? Oh, you lost a group of friends, but you found Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the process? Because perhaps your friends didn't want to go in that direction? Beautiful. Oh, you know what? You lost a job because you stood up for your principles? Yeah, that's nothing compared to what you found, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What has he who has lost you found? And what has he who has found you lost? Like this line is just incredible. And it also gives this peace of mind. We don't worry over these future events that much more, right? We have this deep faith and, you know, we can see around us that mental illnesses are on the rise. Some say more than ever in the past. And one big factor behind this is, is it's anxiety. It's worry about future events that, you know, I can't control what's going to happen. And scientists suggest that one factor that alleviates this worry is faith. Because this conviction and faith that no one can take away from you can help deter one from being anxious and being worried. And a true believer feels safe that Allah is looking after their every single affair. That Allah has written your risk. You just need to work hard and Allah, that risk will manifest itself. You see, these deeply religious individuals at points you know you just look at them and they're so tranquil at all times despite what they've gained or lost they're, they're much the same they don't change Zainab whether she's in you know the happiest of her days or what we perceive to be happy versus the toughest of her days Ashura, she still only sees beauty she's completely tranquil she's completely chill she's just got this complete conviction that she's safe in Allah's plan, that Allah is looking after her every single situation. And Allah says this in the Quran, Surah Al-An'am, Surah number 6, verse 82. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Al-Ladheena amanu wa lam yalbisu imanuhum bi-dhulmin. Those who believe and do not mix up their faith with wrongdoing, ulaika lahumul amn those are they who shall have security they're rightly guided if you don't mix up your faith with wrongdoing you're going to be of those who are safe you've got security you're rightly guided you're in a good place and i think this is so important for so many of us in day to day where we're receiving tough news and it's not straightforward and inflation's on the rise and the economy is against us. I mean, there's so many issues in the world. Look, it's tough. But at the end of the day, one value, one massive value behind theism of believing in this all-powerful and invincible God is, you know what? He's got you covered. He's looking after your every 
single affair. And the last impact that we mentioned at this point of knowing God in our lives is that it gives us a sense of responsibility. Let's take the example, right, that if you're at work and, or even at uni, right, or at school, and you see someone, a colleague or a classmate is getting the blame unfairly for something that they just simply didn't do. You know, you're in a room and there's five of you and someone's bag's been stolen or whatever, someone sent an email that they shouldn't have sent. And you're there and you just hear, you know, David's name keeps coming out, oh, David did it, David did it, David did it. And you knew it was Matt. No doubt it was Matt. You saw it with your own eyes. Many people in that moment won't speak up. But as someone who feels accountable, as a true believer that knows that there's going to be a day where you'll be questioned, why didn't you stand up in that moment? Why didn't you defend that person's haq? This true believer feels a level of responsibility. They will and they must stand for justice. You know, we kind of see this internal policeman within ourselves at times, watching our deeds continuously. You're walking down the street, there's something that you shouldn't look at. No one's going to say anything if you have a look. No one's going to say anything, right? You can get away with it, chilling. But in reality, you have this inner policeman that you're like, oh, I'm accountable. You know that guy's getting told off and he shouldn't. You're like, oh, I'm accountable. I've got to stick up for that. Those without that internal policeman, those without that great Lord that's going to hold them to account for everything that they've done, apart from being seen maybe, and maybe a conscience, but that'll, you know, that could be Allah's panel to Allah's fitrah that is placed within him. But those without faith, you know, they could be self-centered in that moment, right? They've shut off their fitrah that Allah has put within them. They don't have any responsibilities. They're not accountable. Yes, I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying that they won't be uh, responsible in that moment. But we're saying there's nothing, uh, there's nothing um, tangible that's going to hold them to account. But you and I as believers, we know there's going to be Yom Al-Qiyamah. We've got to be ready for that. We're going to be questioned for it. So this value behind believing in this God in theism is that we feel this sense of responsibility. It's not just me doing right when people are watching, it's me doing right at every single moment of my life with everything that this incredible creator has given me that I really don't deserve. So just to step back and conclude, we said last time that there are reasons why we think and study in order to know and understand the creator of the universe. We're curious, there's a sense of gratitude, and we want to analyze and do the best in every situation that we can. And in today's session, we said, look, is there any value in actually giving any time or feeling or energy to those thoughts? And we've said, well, look, if we do so, it's going to help with the advancement of knowledge because we believe that there's amazing wisdom behind every single tiny little particle in this world because it's been made by an all-wise creator. And we're curious. It's not just down to luck. Then we said that it also helps us with our endeavors and hopes and peace of mind because we know Allah has got our affairs in order and we're safe. We're never, never in a bad situation. Your mum chucks you in the pool to help you swim, but you know you're safe in every single moment. Yes, you may feel like you're drowning, but she's given you the armband. She's given you the lifeguard. She's given you everything. And you know, she'll be there if need be. The same way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put you in this situation. He's there. He's got all of your affairs sorted. When you're in the swimming pool, you come out eventually a few years later learning how to swim. And in this difficult moment, Allah teaches on the other side patience, for example. 
And the last point that we mentioned is that it gives us a sense of responsibility and a sense of accountability that perhaps we wouldn't have otherwise. This inner policeman where we patrol ourselves, our fitra wants to do right. Allah has instilled that within us. So that brings us to the end of session two. As ever, if there was any benefit from this, please pray for Ayatollah Nasim Makarama Sharazi, whose content this is. Any mistakes, let me know so I can rectify it. And that was not my intention, so please forgive me. And hopefully, you will join us for the next session as well, session three. Pray for one another. Pray for the Imam of our time. May Allah hasten his reappearance. And inshallah, we'll see you then. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.